we're back to our regular spooky episodes for this month. It's episode three, um, so that means I have one more um, coming up. And I'm very excited to do this one because I actually had mentioned it with Kaylee. If you had it, if you haven't listened to the last episode with Kaylee about the Black Dahlia case and the John the Jean Benet case, um, check it out. It's not um, super creepy if you guys are into serial killers and stuff, but if you are not, then yes, it can be kind of creepy. Um, we solved it, so you might want to tune in and, you know, uh, let us know that uh, we're right about um, having solved the cases. So uh, let everyone else know so we can finally just put both those cases to rest because God forbid, years down the line, someone solves it like we did and this could have just been solved now. Um, but I digress. So this episode is actually inspired by a podcast called Lore. Um, it's a storytelling type of podcast that um, is hosted by Aaron Mankey. He is this amazing storyteller who um, has a team who finds a bunch of these urban legends and ghost stories and haunted houses and murders and all these creepy things um, that are almost too creepy to be true. But he finds them, he tells stories behind them, he gives you a lot of um, actual fact research about them. Um, he also has an Amazon show on Amazon Prime. If you guys have Prime, check him out. Um, it's called. It's under the same name, it's called Lore. Um, and it's the same concept uh, except with people. So people are just acting out the stories that he would say on his podcast. Um, this isn't an ad, unfortunately for me, but I'm just a, I'm just a big fan. He used to um, keep me really busy on my two-hour one-way commutes to work when I first moved here to Toronto. Um, and I haven't listened to him in a while. I have too many podcasts going on, but um, he's definitely a fan favorite. So if you guys want to check him out, his, na uh, his name well, his name is Aaron Menke. He's the host. And his podcast is Laura. I'll link it um, in the description for this episode so you guys can check them out. Um, but without further ado, let's get into this episode. So have you guys ever felt that weird tingling um, like in the back of your head and like, like in the back of your neck with the goosebumps or when you can feel like someone's looking at you and then you look around, no one's around. Or have you ever felt like a weird energy or vibe when you're at home by yourself and you know, you decide to turn the volume down on your TV and it's just quiet, but like eerily quiet. This story um, that I'm about to tell is going to make those fears worse. <laughs> <laughs> so there's fair warning to everybody who isn't into um, gore or murders or unsolved mysteries. Um, that is the Golden Girls soundtrack <laughs> to this ringtone. I will pause. Hey guys, okay, I'm back. Um, I'm so sorry for the delay for this podcast, but um, we'll get right into it after that wonderful 
interruption by uh, my one of my favorite shows, but I digress. Um, so I'll try and set the mood back into the creepy story part. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy. So have you guys ever felt like someone was watching you, but no one was around? Or you'd look behind your shoulder and think, I felt like someone was there. Those times when you're at home alone and then it just gets really quiet and then you hear something upstairs or you hear something in the next room. So you go check it out and nothing's there. Well, this story is definitely going to make all of those feelings worse because uh, it made mine a lot worse. It involves a family who was murdered in their own home. Well, on their property, but, um, and it's still unsolved. And this one, actually, I can't, I can't figure it out. I don't know who might have done it. I don't know who had any sort of motive in this family's life. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, so if you guys have any idea after I read the story, let me know. Leave me uh, a DM on Instagram or tweet me on Twitter or leave a comment wherever you guys can comment on these. Um, because I would really like to know who did it. So let's get into it. The murder that I'm talking about today is um, the Hinter Kaifek murders. Um, I apologize now for those of you who know German and are able to pronounce that properly. Please, again, let me know how to pronounce it. Um, I'll try not to say it as much in <laughs> this episode, but when I do, I apologize. The Hinterkaifeck farm was located near the woods outside the Bavarian town of Groburn, about an hour's drive from Munich and a half mile behind. Or, Hinter is also how you would say it. To say it's about an hour's drive from somewhere else uh, and the town of Kaifek is where it's an hour's drive and half a mile behind I know it was a little confusing for me too and then I was like right right that makes sense <laughs> it was a home to 35 year old Victoria Gabriel her two kids seven-year-old Kazelia and two-year-old Joseph and her parents, Andreas and Kazelia Gruber. On April 1st, 1922, neighbors began to grow concerned when the family had been missing from their usual tasks. On April 4, three days later, the neighbors decided to investigate. Lawrence Schlitzenbauer, a farmer who lived nearby, led the search party. In the barn, they found four brutally battered bodies covered with hay. Inside the house, the bodies of two-year-old Joseph and the maid, Maria Baumgartner, was there. It was Maria's first day on the job. The previous maid had left since she was convinced that the house and farm were haunted. The reports from the family's autopsies conducted by court physician Dr. Johann Baptist Allmüller. The elder, <laughs> the elder, the elder Kazelia, 
so the older, the mom, essentially, guys, showed signs of strangulation and seven blows to the head, which left her with a cracked skull. The face of her husband, Andreas, was caked with blood, and his cheekbones protruded from shredded flesh. I mean, guys, I can't. <laughs> I'm so happy that a lot of the articles that I found didn't have images, because, dear God, the descriptions alone, I think I'm okay. Um, Victoria's skull was also smashed. Her head showed nine star-shaped wounds, and the right side of her face had been hit with a blunt object. The younger, Cazelia's, so Victoria's daughter, lower jaw had been shattered and her face and neck covered in gaping circular wounds. Andreas, the elder Cazelia, and Victoria likely died instantly from expertly delivered blows from a mat from a mattock. A pickaxe-like tool used for digging and chopping. I mean, holy shit. At this point, I'm just like, oh my god. Um, also, from here on out, I'm going to say Andrea's the mom, Victoria, and then her daughter. Just because having the same name in this family is confusing enough to read it. I can't imagine what you guys are thinking. Um, I'm hoping that helps. So, the autopsy found that the... So, the autopsy... Auto, guys... The autopsy found that the younger Cazelia, the daughter of Victoria, likely remained alive in shock for several hours after her attack. I have a note here saying, holy shit, I would want someone to kill me, please, dear God. I mean, you're already dying, and then on top of that, now you have to watch your entire family die as they get brutally murdered. I mean, at that point, I'm like, either kill me or let me live. So I can, like, have this psychopath go to prison for life. Um, it was said that the daughter, Victoria's daughter, um, had ripped out her own hair in clumps because she was so distressed. I mean, I don't know if that was a that was I don't know if that's something I would do. I'd be ripping out my hair in clumps. I would probably be looking for a blunt object to kill myself at that point. I I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> Poor little one. Inside the farmhouse, little Joseph was killed by a heavy blow to the face and is caught in Victoria's room. Maria was killed by crosswise blows to the head in her chambers. Their bodies were also covered like the ones in the barn. Maria's with her sheets and Joseph with one of his mother's dresses. The farm animals and a Pomeranian watchdog were unharmed. They seemed to have been taken care of and fed in the several days that passed between the murders and their discovery. Police suspected vagrants or other traveling men, but tossed out that theory when they had found a lot of money inside the house. Nothing else was disturbed in the house, but it was believed that the killer stayed for several days feeding the animals, eating meals, and lighting fires in the hearth. So <laughs> I was like, I wanted to, I, I wanted to paraphrase most of the notes that I found um, on mental floss. I'll link it in the description um, if you guys are interested. But I was like, well, what's the difference between a hearth and a fireplace? Here's the research that I found. Um, a hearth is a brick, stone, or cement floor to a fireplace or oven, while the fireplace is an open hearth for holding a fire at the base of a chimney. So the hearth is essentially just like the flat part of what you would see with a fireplace, but there's no actual 
um, I guess like block around it or like box casing around it to make it a fireplace. Yeah, interesting stuff, guys. <laughs> um, so in the police question, the former made about her belief that the property was haunted. She said she would constantly hear sounds in the attic and unsettling and she said she would constantly hear sounds in the attic and unsettling feeling like someone was watching her all the time. Andreas did not believe the maid, but did tell his neighbors that weird things have been happening in the days before the murder. He found a newspaper that he didn't buy in his home. A set of footsteps was discovered leading from the forest to the farm, only leading in one direction. One of the family's two keys also disappeared shortly before the murder. Suspicion eventually settled on several men connected to the family. Victoria was a widow whose husband died in World War I, and Joseph's dad is still a mystery. I mean, my note here is someone needed to go on Murray's show. It's Murray, right? Maury? Is that what it is? <laughs> 90s babies? Please tell me if it's Murray or Maury. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but the one who was like, he's not the father. That guy. Um, <laughs> Victoria had a relationship with Lawrence Schlitzenberger. This is the guy who led the search party in the beginning of the story. Um, and also had discovered the bodies. Um, but Andreas decided, nah, and the relationship ended. So the dad decided that Victoria and this Lawrence guy shouldn't be together and just, you know, ended it there. Um, I don't miss those days. <laughs> Lawrence became one of the police suspects, but couldn't place him at the crime scene despite his motive. Carl Gabriel, Victoria's late husband, then became a suspect with the police theorizing that he came back from the war and killed them but many of his fellow soldiers attested to seeing his body when he was slain in france so i mean <laughs> ghost story on top of ghost story guys another theory was that joseph was actually andrea's andrea's child with victoria and that one of them had killed the entire family before turning the mattock on themselves but none of the injuries to the bodies could be explained as self-inflicted, so it wasn't possible that the crimes were a murder-suicide. So this is where it kind of got gross. I mean, incest, I, I guess, was so, like, alive <laughs> in some generations, but I, it still, like, cringes my entire body when I read stuff like, the dad may have been the dad to his daughter's child. Like, that's... It's, it's wrong now, it was wrong then, like... Ugh. Um, the Hinter Kaifek case has been reopened several times in the last 95 years, guys. 95 years. I'm 30, so this is older than me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but like 95 years reopened. How, like, please someone find out the number of several times that this has been reopened in the last 95 years because that's crazy um even clairvoyance had been given a chance at it in 1923 the farm was demolished and the family laid buried without their heads in a plot in wadehofen the skulls were lost in world war ii in 2007 the first in veldbrook police academy took the hinter i'm now thinking it's hinter kaifek like at the end of the story 
uh, Hinterkaifeck murders on, on, took the Hinterkaifeck murders on as a cold case. They were still unable to solve the crime, but did all agree on a secret theory. And that's where it ends on Mental Floss. Again, I'll link it in the description so you guys can check it out if you want to. Um, but, so, but so. So the Furstenfeldbruck Police Academy, um, I read a little bit further into it and they had a theory about who it was. They refused to tell anybody, um, which I guess they're taking it to their grave, which is unfortunate because I really, like, just give me a theory give me a name, tell me maybe it might be this person just to give me some closure. <laughs> I know that sounds super selfish, but like, come on, you guys must be so curious. Also, excuse the rude fire truck going by. As it faints away. Um, because So <laughs> back to the police academy who has this theory. They didn't want to release the name because like me and Kaylee had mentioned in the last episode, if you guys haven't heard it, go listen to it. It's dope. We solved the, the crimes, obviously. Um, they didn't want to affect the living family members um, because, you know, the person I guess they had in theory was already dead and they didn't want to give them any more distress. But I'm just like... Who's gonna know now? I, I mean, I get it. The entire family um, died, so there's really no closure them for. There's really no closure there for them. But I still want to know, guys. I still want to know. So this is actually um, the only <laughs> story I have for this episode, which is unfortunate to why it's so delayed. But um, I hope you guys understand. I've been really busy. Um, I hope you guys like it. If you guys have any other stories before the end of the month um, where I post the last one of Spooktober, uh, let me know if you guys like this one, what theories you guys have, uh, if you look into it, or if you guys listen to um, other creepy podcasts. So the one I mentioned here was Lore. Um, at the end of the month, I'll mention a few other ones, but um i don't think i mentioned who inspired the black dahlia and the jean benet case uh that one was my favorite murder i'm sure there are many many people who have listened to these two they're amazing they're so so funny um and they love um <laughs> including their producer steven he's he's actually saying um stuff now in the podcast which is really fun and then the other podcast that inspired my last episode was, and that's why we drink. Um, also, a duo. Um, very funny. Very, very funny uh, friends. And they also like uh, kind of teasing their producer, Eva. Um, and it's fun. Like, they're so funny. Um, it's just unfortunate that everything right now with COVID is keeping them apart. But I think they're still uploading podcasts. Um, if, if not, or they're still uploading episodes. If not, then check out their old stuff. Because their old stuff is the reason why I started listening to them. Anyways, this is long enough. Again, I'm so sorry, guys, for keeping you guys waiting. But I hope you guys like this one. Short and sweet. 
Um, I'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye.